Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Liège Baston Liège Men and Women's Preview. We're doing this as early as we can, even though the start lists are a little bit tentative at the moment, but the Ardennes... The early races are a pretty good indication of what is to come and which teams are starting here. So Nielsen Palace aside with, you know, riders that have crashed, we're going to do our best. UAE are confirmed, though. They have a pretty good rider, I believe, for this uh, really? race. I, I think so. I mean, I said he couldn't win flesh. And listen, I'm still not convinced that he can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this, race is, this race is won before. Uh, his teammate has been the moral victor before in 2020, so they got a pretty good team, UA team member. The route, Benji, run us through it. There's some changes. You and Luke have been talking uh, off air, uh, and it kind of went over my head because I don't really know what country we're even in here. <laughs> what country we're in? We're in Belgium. We're in the southern part of Belgium, Wallonia. It's 258 kilometers of parkour, and let's be honest about it, the first half is basically negligible. The second half is where the hills start to consecutively arrive, and we're talking about halfway through the race, we start with the Côte de Mont-Lessois, Côte de One, and so forth. But in reality, the action in this race usually starts happening on the Côte de la Radoute, which is roughly with 34 kilometers to go. This is a 1.6, 8.7% climb. You might remember last year this climb was longer. This was two kilometers at 8.6%, if I recall correctly. And that is because, well, obviously, Remco Evenepoel attacked at the end of this climb last year, and the organizers were like, we don't want to make it so easy for Remco, so we're going to reduce the climb. Now, nah, in reality, they made it shorter to take more supposedly technical, smaller road running towards the Rush of Focon, the, the more important climb towards the end of the race. And according to Luke Hrefte, our very intelligent producer on our end here, this might make it harder for attackers. Uh, might make it easier for attackers. I'm easier not going to misquote him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I completely More misquote climbs, him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, after this, we basically go into like smaller climbs like the Cornemont, which is unimportant. 4%, 2 kilometers. Caught their forge is pretty important, though. 1.3 kilometers, 7.9%. Last year, that was taken out because of floodings. Again, according to Luc Greft, our producer, he's like the genius of this parkour, apparently. And then afterwards, Caught de la Roche au Faucon, which is the uh, the final dedicated climb here. And it's kind of an important one in the sense that, obviously, the race gets decided here, but it's in two parts, no? Because in the women's race, we always mention this climb as in the first half of this climb, Mariana Vos gets it difficult, and in the second half, she drops, right? With the Borchel section on top? Yeah, Boncel is steep in parts, I think, and then, like, if you're on... In the men's race, we don't usually yep. see people let go there. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's just a Vos characteristic, but Rochefoucauld is where it has traditionally like really split apart and it's interesting because you look at this parkour and you think there are so many climbs and some of them are hard like stocker with you know yep. 80 k's to go it's 
12, 13% for 1300 meters. And if that was in a tour of Flanders with 90 Ks <laughs> to go, you would see people moving. And yeah. like the Molenberg's not that hard. It's obviously, we're talking paved and it's, they're different climbs, but still, it's surprising that, you know, when you look at the parkour and maybe that this will change and it changed last year, but people are not just going to surely go to Roche or Facon with Poggy. And that's because that's where I think he or she kicked in 2020 and yeah. then it was a small group in 2021. Who won? Poggy, also from, yeah. I think, I a small group that went on Roche Facon. Was that the Roglic? I think not. that's the 2020 no, that was, was Roglic, right? Yeah, but that was Alphilippe celebrating. Alphilippe chopped here, she yeah. then celebrated early, and then Roglic won, and then Alphilippe yeah. got relegated in 2020. Here, she just destroyed Alphilippe in the sprint in 21 from a group of Gudu Woods, and Bala let it out from 450 meters. Um, so, will we see earlier moves like? The parkour, in theory, supports it. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Benji? Well, we'll talk about which teams are more potential. Like, why doesn't it happen generally? We'll talk about specific riders in, in, when we get on into it and into the teams. So why do you think teams haven't moved earlier, like on the Côte de la Haute-Levé or, I don't know, Peak Climb Stocko? Climb. <laughs> Last year, there was a fact that were, there were major crashes, like the one where Alphilippe True. was involved and so forth. So that might have already hindered riders that were supposed to go in attacks early to do stuff like that. But that also reduces the mystiques on the end of the stronger team. So it also allows more possibilities to go for earlier attacks. I do feel like that year that Carapaz went early was also on Lada Dude, if I recall correctly. Um, we've seen early moves, but they're always on Lada Dude and not earlier. Yeah. And I think it's because teams don't necessarily see it realistic to go earlier, but on the other end, you you don't go with 90 kilometers on the Ronde van Vlaanderen to expect to 100% have a chance to win either. You're trying to anticipate the action that follows afterwards. And I think that's something that's possible here as well, to be honest. I think like a Jumbo Visma is a team that isn't here with like a, a Wout van Aarde, Roglic and a Vingegaard. That's the kind of team where if they wait for Rocha Foucault and Lada Dude, they're going to get slaughtered. Yeah, or like maybe Benoit hangs on in a group of 12 after Radu. Yeah. But then on Rochefoucault, when there's the real selection, he's not making the group of four or five most likely, although he was decent at flesh. But that I agree, like, if you're... Even Ben Healy, frankly. Like, Ben Healy's very aerodynamic, but he doesn't... At Amstel, we saw, he doesn't have the pure punch of a poggy... Mm -hmm. Not many people do. You just can't hang with him. And so the only solution is to go earlier or hope you can catch up later. But it's very difficult to bring back a lone attacker in this Liège parkour. Like with Remco, he, last year he had Bahrain chasing full gas uh, with Haig. They had a good team. Remember, Turns had just won flesh on the yep. Wednesday. Ineos were pacing as well. It's, and it, I know it is Remco, but it's not an easy parkour because the Doms are tired. And it's like I mentioned in the Grand Tour stages or stage racing, like you have a really tired domestique chasing a, an A1 leader, they're not going to bring them back most of the time. Um, so 
I do think Liège is a little bit like Hilly Milan San Remo, like or the <laughs> the Pancho Milan San Remo, in that I see the Redoute as the Chipressa and the Rochefoucauld as the Poggio in terms of phases of the race. And of course, crashes and things can happen before, and it's attritional before. Maybe this year, if there was going to be a year where it's different, it would be this year where people are like, we are not going to Rochefoucauld or even Redoute. Yeah. With Poggy. <laughs> We're not doing it. Yeah. So, like everyone did in Tour of Flanders, going early on the Molenberg, if I was every second-tier leader, if I was EF, Ineos, I would be doing something else early. Um, but before we get into that, if you do want to watch the race live, GCN Plus is the best place to do that. They will show as much coverage as humanly possible that is broadcast by the helicopters and the race bringing you every unmissable moment from Liège, but also the Giro in Czech's watch just over two weeks, 16 days by my count. The GCN Plus has wall-to-wall coverage of the Giro ad-free, uninterrupted, from kilometer zero, all 21 stages. So it's not just Liège, men and women's race this weekend. There's also highlight packages to suit your schedule, long, short, or just the final couple of kilometers. And you can even watch along during our race recaps to see how the race unfolded whilst you listen to our dulcet tones. And if you want to get GCN Plus, you can get 15% off an annual subscription in certain territories by going to the link down below. Thanks to GCN Plus for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Benji. Yes. Can't, can't start without going past him. Tade Pogaccio. UAE Team Emirates. They've announced their team, one of two teams that have actually announced their team, Ulysses Pogacar, Stekelang, and here she grows Schartner, Bennett, Bax. This is not just Pog. If you look yeah. at Flesh yesterday, this is a good team overall, maybe even the best team in the race, yeah. top to bottom in terms of team construction, roles, Stekelang and early with Groschartner. Schartner, here she's the last man. Here she's still, here she's not in bad form. I'll say that right now. He's in decent form. Ulysses before him. Bennett's in the mid phase, marking moves, shutting things down. And Bax has been really, really good this season as well. What's their plan? What's the plan of UAE? I think they're going to try and get a similar plan as they did in Flesh in the sense that. They're going to try and make the race relatively hard, but their goal is Pogacar. Eh? Their goal is not to set up Ulysses in like a group ahead and in that way create a situation where Pogacar is in a better situation. No, they're going to launch Pogacar, preferably on the Rochefoucauld, is what they will likely do. Now, when it comes to UAE, we've seen in Flesh on every climb they were going harder to yeah. try and make sure that the race is hard enough. With LBL, you don't necessarily need to do that every climb for Pogacar to create that situation, because likely if he attacks on Rochefoucauld, it's going to be him and Remco, and maybe Landa or something over the top, if Landa's in really fucking good form. And then we've got a group of three of which Pogacar is on paper, the favorite in the sprint that comes afterwards. The question is, if they do go hard on every single climb, and for example, on the Rosier, they set tempo. On the Stockeur already, they set some tempo to make sure there's no, like, groups anticipating. Yeah. Then it becomes interesting for Remco. Because then if Remco goes, Pogacar needs to respond himself 100%. He always needs to respond himself, right? 
Yeah, like, I think Remco's really could be the kryptonite to Pogacar, I guess, because, yeah, you can't just lean on your team. And that's what he did in flesh. Like, Volta moved second murder we with Battistella. Oggy didn't react. Yeah, but it's Volta. No, because he had teammates ahead. When Sam Oman jumped, he doesn't have to react to that group at all. Yeah. Because Bennett's in that group. And... But no one really serious jumped in flesh. And Liege, that's more likely. Like... Ineos have to move Sheffield early. I don't want to see Sheffield used to position Pidcock to try and do a lead out for Pidcock. Come on. That is not going to give you the best chance of a good result. And uh, also Sheffield's been in really good shape. Now, maybe the longer climbs aren't as good for him as the sort of advanced climbs, but still I would be trying to move Sheffield early in a group with a Ben Healy, with a Van Wilder or Vavarka who's good, with like we saw on second murder we in the women's race in flesh with allies from all the non-UAE teams with Volta. And then it's like, okay, Staker Langen, okay, Ulysses, bring back this group. And yep. you're going to have to ride full or Poggy's going to have to react and do it himself. Um, but I think if you go to, like Lander would be happy with third though in LBL. So that's the thing. If I'm Bahrain, frankly, I keep Lander safe. I keep him in good position. I put him on Poggy's wheel on Rochefoucauld. He goes with Poggy. He works with him a little bit. He loses the sprint. He comes third. That, that, honestly, that would be my game plan. It's a, you know, it's sad, but it is what it is. Is, is that too defensive with Morich? Or should Morich also be going with those, that sort of group I, I said? I think it's possible to do both. Lander being a... Uh, a defensive character that stays with Poggy and Mohoric being the attacking time. But the issue with Landa is also that if he didn't have that rider positioning him, he's not necessarily in the best position at the foot of Rochefort. And so that's a danger if you don't have someone with him to position yeah. himself. But that being said, if Mohoric goes in those moves and tries to go in those moves, likely someone or even Mohoric, if those attacks fail, will likely still be there to help out Landa for positioning. Yeah. So I think you can try both. I think that's I possible. Think so. I think. Uh, that could work out. And we're talking about Remco when it comes to Quickstep, but when it comes to his team, I'm also curious, like, what's possible to make Pogacar's life the most difficult? Because on paper, I don't necessarily see Remco insta-dropping Pogacar on Rochefoucauld in my head. And if that's not the case, if he can't drop Pogacar one-to-one on Rochefoucauld, then he's going to the line with a rider that on paper is a stronger sprinter. Remco's sprint has gotten better, eh? Like, it has progressed. But I don't put it at the level of Pogacar yet, right? If I was Remco, I was thinking about this last night. In what situation should Remco pull with Pogat with Pogacar? Because it's not like he has Alphalete coming back from behind. Yeah. If Alphalete's in a group of three behind, it's so much easier. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, did he come? No, he didn't come top ten last year. Quick step last year. Yeah, and they don't have Maori here either, so it is sort of Vivac, uh, Van Vulde DNF last year, I presume he'll be here, but I was thinking, you know, what situation should Remco pull with Pogacar? And I think after, after Rochelle Faucon, he should sit in the wheel and just accept losing the race. And, and see, because I don't remember that happening to Pogacar too much, where Remco literally, because 
Foggy worked in 21 or whenever with the group went away, but it's a group of five. Yep. And apart from Valverde, they were rolling through. He or she was working, or Alaphilippe was working. And so, if it's just Remco and Pogaccio, if I was Remco, I'd sit on. I'd do what Roglic did in Catalonia. Because, yep. like, it is possible that Remco can beat him in the sprint, but not if they 50-50 relay, I don't believe. Um, the only way he can possibly win the sprint, whatever percentage you put on that, is to sit on Pogaccio for as long as possible and then hope he freaks out hope he does a tour of flanders i don't know just put pressure on pagacha put it back on him to keep the group behind um i mean that's very defensive you could throw away you could throw away second in liege but he's won this race before so what's a second yep. or a third a quick step probably pretty important because X classics have been dog shit um and that, to be honest, that goes for everybody, except like Lander, where I know he said third, second podium, happy, fine. Yeah. But if you're any other rider, really, like one-on-one, -on -one, I wouldn't work with him. Now, the reality is, we saw an store. if it's probably a group of four, there will be people happy to work with him because a podium of a monument is a big deal. So that's also in play. But yeah, for Remco specifically... If you move early and Poggy goes with you, say, on... Well, no, no, no. first of all, going back, to, their plan shouldn't be to attack Pog on Rochefoucauld. It has to be to move in some weird moment yeah. where... Pogacar's not in good position all race, by the way. Like, he nearly crashed in flesh yesterday, and that was with 35, 37 Ks to go, I think. Maybe less. Um, when he was deep in the field. Find some random moment, random false flat uphill... And just because it's all about getting Pog off the wheel. And then yep. once Remco's in his little aero bullet mode, <laughs> that's a big ask for Poggy yeah. to close the aero bullet. And that's it's a when it's domestiques. Gap already. Yeah. That's when he might call us domestiques to do the pace. That's a risk. If it is a risk. For example, if it's in between climbs, on the climbs, he will be in a good position. Mm. On the climbs, you can't necessarily surprise him so you have to do it in between the climbs like you mentioned on terrain that is not expected to be attacked upon like the question is the problem is also then a lot of teams might solve it for pogacar though oh surely not i think i, I think they will imagine like Ineos put sheffield on the front to pace for pogacar land that with mohoric bahrain would with Bill Bow. Yeah. Um, they would. But th I think that has to be Remco's plan. And if Poggy bridges across to him, which then, if it's early enough and I was Remco, I would still work with him initially to create a gap and then try to attack him on the flat. But it's going to be difficult. I mean, it's difficult to put a pin on the profile and say where Remco will attack, but I definitely think it should be earlier than Rochefoucauld. I think yeah. the top of Redoute is going to be, he's done that trick. It's kind of like Yumbo and Havluia Wellers in Paris oh, Bay. Like, it's not in the route now. Do that again. Pardon? It's not in the route now, the spot where, where you're down. Yeah, so. they literally they took it away from him. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we said what Poggy's strategy likely will be and Remco's, or at least what we think it should be. Bardet looked good in flesh. He's another guy who I would expect to roll through with Pogacar um, because podium in Monument is a big deal. Crone yep. crashed, unfortunately, for Lotto. I don't know what his shape will be. He's another guy I'd like to see moving early. He was good in Amstel. Uh, Antomarche Benji. 
And then a little bit, they came second in this race last year with Quinton Hermans, who, by the way, was not good in flesh and should have done Flanders and I don't think will do too well here. Antomarche, I've had a lot of injuries. I'm not sure who's turning up for them, but yeah, they've they've not had a great run of it. Uh, Garou's sick. Madouaz has been a bit meh. Gregoire DNF. We don't really know who will be going for Group Armour FDJ. If, if Garou's, yep. he had bronchitis, they shouldn't send him. Yep. I, I think so as well. Now, um, when it comes to Group Armour, if Garou's here in good form, you would compete, but that's not really the case. That's not going to be no. the case, most likely. So I don't see Groupon being the, the most indicative team here. And like you mentioned, Anton Machin not in great form at the moment. Kostja and Golsons have seemed to have rolled off the form they had initially at the start of the year. Same with Karl Majan. That team seems to benefit from being in form when other teams aren't in form yet, which is the February Mallorca races yeah. and so forth. And that's something they do really well. But when it comes to the races that matter on paper, they don't necessarily score as much then. Bora Hansgrohe, Bobby Ungles, Schachmann, Vlasov, and Hindley are supposedly on the list. I would say for Free certain for that... Vlasov. What, sorry? Is, he'll have... I mean, I, I checked. He has time, I think, to come from Tour of the Alps. And yeah. Lushenko came from Sicily to Amstel in time. But yeah, like... To a day in between. Okay, so he's got it's time. It's possible. They should and send Higita, him. Higita and Vlasov is a, is a good duel for this race. Higita yeah. got fifth here last year, sixth in Lombardia, a really underrated one-day uh, history for that kid. I'm still a kid, and he's probably the same age, a, a, a bit younger than I am. He was a man. <laughs> the Talladega little monster for Benji. <laughs> <laughs> you have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> My favorite movie. I've reminded a three-year-old. It's a Will Ferrell movie. Rick and Bobby. I'll drive fast. Um. Speaking of fast, Danny Martino is not so fast this year. Ineos, he came fourth last year. Van Aert not here. Yeah. We've already spoken about, you know, Pidcock. He's going to try follow on the steepest moments in Pogacar and Remco's wheel. But Danny Martino is not here. Not sure if he's injured or... No, he's on the indicative start list, I guess. But he didn't do flesh. He did Basque Country. He was very disappointing there after winning the race the year before. So he's not coming in nearly with the same shape or form. Healy... Already mentioned, I would try to get ahead early. Yeah. Valter, Benoit, that's all the same for Jumbo Visma. They'll be shooting for a top five. Um, and yeah, that's what they'll Good be luck. doing. Benoit can top five this race. I don't believe in it. I mean, the start list ain't that deep. Benoit <laughs> like, can't top five this race, in my opinion. Uh, he, he probably won't, but he, he can physically. Ash Gelmer's it. Now, that's a, that's yes. a young man. It's a young man I'd like to talk about. Yes. He, he can beat Poggy in a sprint. I'm not saying he's a better sprinter than Poggy. I'm saying if Poggy has to do all the work for yeah. the whole way, leads him out, Schelmo's as quick as fuck. Yeah. If you look at something, he gaps people in sprints. In, I know they're French Mickey Mouse races, but now he's up there with the big boys at Flesh second. You know... Would have won from a better position because obviously Poggy can't win. Um, I think he's on, and he yeah. he will podium this race. He should podium this race. I agree. I think Skelmoser will likely be a candidate, one of the higher candidates to podium this race. He's also good at one day races in general. Like second at Fletcher is good. Afat Amstel is consistent as well. 
Yeah. And if we go back into history, I recall Athen San Sebastian. Yes, that is correct. But he's good. I remember World Championships Wollongong top 10 as well. So he really is good at one day races. He's proven it multiple times before. I do believe he can prove it here. Also, he's been one of the better climbers on track at the moment. He's better than Molema at the moment. Let's be clear. That's like obvious. Chicone will also be good in this race. True, so that Chicone duo, that duo is actually going to be good at this race. I, I kind of feel like those riders, on one end, we're saying to all these other teams, all oh, go in early attacks. But when it comes to Skelmose, I'm not sure he should. Skelmose should kind of Landa. Chicone should. I think Chicone yep. should move earlier because, to be honest, if Chicone is with a group of those sort of riders I mentioned, he can straight up drop them on Rochefoucauld. Yep. Chicone's punch this year, if you look at Valenciano, some of those races, has been outstanding. And, and he's unmarked if he attacks. And exactly. Like, is Poggy really going to personally close Giulio Chicone? He, he shouldn't, really, because yep. he can't close everybody. So I'm hoping, because in flesh they didn't, and listen, it's a difficult race to do it, they both just kind of did their own race on the murder we. Uh, Skelmoza was the strongest. Skelmoza has the better sprint, so he should be behind. And I think Ciccone should move a little bit earlier. Um, but they got actually a really good team for this race. And yeah. podium is to be expected, frankly, for them, um, which is, is different from their kind of their classics team, maybe. But I'm really high on, on Skelmoza. Um, Mars didn't look so good for Movistar at Flesh, a bit disappointing. Now with Balor out, they've lost him. They're going to try and sort of do it by compiling Guerrero and Aaron Baru and, and Co. So they'll be shooting for a top 10 maybe. Arkea have no one on the provisional list, but I see no reason apart from the fact that he has mostly been doing it in Mickey Mouse races of a much shorter distance. Vaucalin. Kevin Vaucalin, I hope the God is here for Arkea. And I just want to see him with the big boys. I know he did in Paranese stage race. He's yeah. good on Loge de Garde. But I want to see Vaucalin here just to get experience. He's just one to watch. If you see him on the start list, watch out for him. If you see an Arkea runner in the moves, it's probably uh, Vaucalin. Zangle, Zangler, sorry. Very talented, obviously. Young French rider on Cofidis. But, but this might be hard. a bridge too far. It's a bridge yeah. too far for him. When it comes to these youngsters, we don't know how they will handle the 250 kilometers because yeah, I don't recall so Vaucalin having done that before. But I do believe he should be in this race, even though he's not projected to be according to his upcoming participations. But I would like to see him here 100%. And we've mentioned all these teams now, and we've mentioned Skelmos and so forth. But the overwhelming factor is, compared to last year, that last year's race was super predictable. We said in our January preview last year that Remco would attack on the Lotto Dude. So it was super obvious that the attack of Remco would happen that early, and that the race would be decided whether they catch or not catch Remco. I feel like this year, it's way more open when attacks can follow. And that's why I would love the anticipation early from a lot of the teams. Because Pogacar will have the same idea. Pogacar will be like, okay, Remco attacked on Laradut last year. Will he do that again? Will he do that again just because I might not expect him doing that again? Or will he try and do it around that because I do expect him doing that again? And everybody's going to start overthinking where attacks are going to happen to the point that... If you do it on a moment where it's not necessarily expected, like we mentioned when it comes to Remco, those are the moments where you can actually make the difference, I would think. And I truly hope we don't see too many teams trying to fight for like 
defined position and do put Pogacar into a difficult into a difficult position because we see I so think many you can do both, things. like we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can be conservative with one rider, yeah. Landa, Schielmosa, but don't sacrifice the whole team for that. Let Morich go with a move early or plan yeah. to go early. Let Ciccone move early. Make Volta move early. Make Sheffield move early. Or Healy, frankly, should be too. And if Palace is starting. And then have someone making sure you get a top 10 result behind um, sitting yeah. in the wheels. I think have a mixture. I, I don't like the idea of sacrificing the whole team for one rider to maybe get a top five. Yeah. And not giving anyone else, if they're capable of, you know, the opportunity to try and do something. I haven't even, we haven't mentioned my winner, but by the way, Ben, you haven't mentioned yet the rider oh, I'm, I'm thinking of as my winner. winner. I'll do my predictions. You can go first. Oh, I'll, I'll go. No, first. no, 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 no. You'll go first. I'll go first. Sorry, third, Schirmoza. Second, mm-hmm. Tari Picaccia. Five second gap. First, Alexei Luchenko. He's on form, like it. good in like Amstel it. Gold Race, Giro de Sicilia, oh. he won the last stage. How will he drop um, for No, but they were shorter climbs, quite shorter climbs. Mm. And he's got the head wheels. <laughs> he's got the, no, she Dombrowski with the old head wheels yesterday, two of the Alps couldn't catch him. Uh, they changed the wheel set. He had a last stage raid in Giro de Sicilia with longer climbs. This suits him more than the shorter climbs of Amstel World Race. Full Sang's won this race before Wait. on Astana. They're looking Wait. good. Something's changed. Wait. He might get some freedom. Lutsenko's winning. I found a, a plot hole in your theory. You're saying Lutsenko's better on these longer climbs, but isn't Pogacar also better on these longer climbs? No, in his interview, well, first of all, we know it's impossible for Pogacar to win this race, but second of all... <laughs> <laughs> Having having won it in 2021. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, uh, said in his interview after Flesh Will Own, which, you know, obviously all the writers always say 100%, <laughs> you know, facts. Uh, he said, oh, well, I've been preparing for all the short climbs of Flanders and Amstel, so maybe the long climbs, it's a little bit different. No, I don't, obviously, I do not think Lutsenko is better than Pog on these climbs. Um, do I think Lutsenko has a big engine that if he gets into an anticipation move, he can, on his day, just dust everybody because that's somehow what Lushenko does twice a year. Absolutely. This ain't Oman. Pardon? It's not Oman. Lushenko's a good rider. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me check his... I did not check his classics, Balmares, at all. I'm just going purely on form. Hmm. Um. He has never topped, he's top 14th at Flanders, and every other classic is 90th DNF 100th. So, looking good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know if he was that good at that. Fifth at Amstel? Did you do it last year? He didn't. I think, he, I think he's on. I think he's on. He didn't. He wasn't so good at Amstel in 2021 when he did the Ardennes last. I think this is Luchenko time. Okay. Okay. I believe you. I trust her. her I'm just hoping knowledge. a strong group of second tier guys goes up the road, 
and UAE can't solve it, and we have an exciting race with Poggy chasing furiously from behind, and there's tension. To, that's that's what I'm hoping for, and that Lushenko is the guy that comes out of that that move. Okay. Now, before I do my predictions, I do want to rant for a second about Quick Step once again. Go. Mauro Schmidt skipped the Cobble oh. Classics. He's being sent. Ooh. Yeah, go get you yourself a coffee. I'm about to, to your go face. Off. You tell me to go get coffee. <laughs> well, I don't drink coffee, so <laughs> a glass of vodka. <laughs> what? Jesus. <laughs> I have to drink the vodka. Why am I drinking vodka at 10 in the morning? I just had peanut butter. Toast. You're right. You're right. You're right. Anyway, Mauro Schmidt was not sent to the cobble races because of his positioning. Now, <laughs> he's being sent to the Hill Classics where positioning is just as important. He's not been good at Amstel, nor at Flesh, which he expected to be at Flesh. Amstel might have expected more from him, but he missed that initial move, which is... If you miss that initial move, you're fucked, you know? And Isn't his Flesh result fine? His Flesh result is fine, but uh, what is Schmidt going to do at Flesh in the first place? Send the guy to the Colbranesis, use him in anticipation moves, because nobody's going to mark Mauro Schmidt at this point in his career. And that's how they could have gotten better results in the Colbranesis. And now he's in the hilly classic race and now he has to he has to anticipate at lbl to put remko in a better seat i would say because if he waits he's not going to do fuck all on Rashovko. so i think they fucked up with his calendar this is a bit of an i'm not him moment when it comes to uh when it comes to quick step and mauro schmidt in the same way that he ever didn't send paulus to the couple classics in the past especially last year and um that brings me to my predictions that have nothing to do with mauro schmidt but i have to get that out there Position three, I'm going to go with um, Higitar Skelmose. Higitar Skelmose. You went for Skelmose. Higitar dropped on, on, on the second last Sharav, but I think it was like mechanical related. But yeah, like a Jakob's mechanical. Hope, I hope it's mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to go Skelmose as well, eh? Skelmose third, second position, Avonapool, first position for Gachar. Play it safe. I need a time. Is that a group of three? What are we talking here? Uh, we're talking about a group of two and Skelmoz wins a sprint behind. Fair enough. Probably what will happen. <laughs> That's how the race, but hopefully it's a bit, you know, a bit different. I agree with you on Schmidt, although I think, I think his flesh result is really good. He was very good in the Basque country. I understand what they're trying to do, but the way I think I think Quickstep don't understand how racing's changed and they're failing to adapt to it. And yeah. they see Tour of Flanders like people saw Tour of Flanders in 2010. When yeah. Tour of Flanders now, you basically got to be a puncher. Yeah. Like, look at the composition of that front group. It's either like classic gods and Paulus, Jorgensen, or sorry, the, the anticipating move in Flanders. And Poggy won a uh, sub 70 kilos. You know, it's it's punchers that do well, and E3 was the same, Jorgensen fourth. So I, I think they, they don't understand it's changing. It's being selected on the steepest passes of the clients. People are going crazy. And these young guys, you know, even though they look skinny or whatever, they can be really good there too. So I think, I don't know how they'll use him. You say anticipating, but. Isn't that... Don't you think they'll use him just to do a lead-out for Remco or something? Keep he can't simple? position according to them, so... How is he going to be in position Remco, then? 
at the back of the peloton. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or just crash Poggy, I don't know. <laughs> uh, who knows? Anyway, that was our men's preview. Going to the women's race now. It's 143 kilometers from Baston to Liège. It's basically the, it's literally the second half of the men's race, pretty much. Yep. And they do all the hard climbs. They skip all the industrial estate, flat rolling climbs for the first 130Ks. They still do Stoku, still do Rosier, then the Redoute, Forge, Rocha for Combo, Cell, Combo before 10Ks, give or take, to the finish of flat to rolling downhill. The winners of this race have been SD Works for... Not as dominant as Flesh Wallone. It was Vanderbrecher for two editions, then Van Vleuten, then Diagnon, then Vollering in 21, but that was when Vanderbrecher, like, put the race on a platter for her. Yeah. Van Vleuten in 2022 won last year uh, with, was it a solo or sprint? I can't remember. Uh, it was solo. It was like a 40-second solo. solo. Grace yeah, 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 yeah. She went crazy. Um, she's not in that shape right now. So this is a different race, and we have a different favorite. It's Demi Vollering. Uh, Kopecky, I think, could do well, but won't be here. Lippert and Van Vleuten lead Movistar. Riolini, Longa Borghini lead Trek, Segafredo. Labu, Georgie, Peppercamp at DSM. Mulman leads AG Insurance. Have I missed anybody? Cash the line. Of course, we've got like the cash line, probably Voss. We've got Cavalli. Didn't look so good at Flesh. And Ludwig got very unlucky. She will probably lead FDJ Suez with Brown. What's Volering's plan? It's not to go for a sprint. It's not to go for the sprint. And the thing with Volering as well is like on Amstel, when it comes to the Kauberg, I wasn't like super impressed about her performance on the Kauberg itself. The fact that she could attack afterwards says that she had energy left, right? But yeah. that didn't say to me, oh, she's going to destroy everybody on every climb of LBL straightforward. Now, when it comes to Flesh Wallon, we came into a situation where every competitor played into her favor in the last six kilometers to go, where they could roll attacks on her before they get to the final climb, which fit her to the bone based on the years before. And they failed to do that necessarily. And then my question is, how can Volring prevent other teams from rolling attacks on her in LBL? How can SD-Works prevent from other teams rolling attacks on Volring in LBL? And if other teams play it right, I think that's difficult for SD-Works to prevent. But the problem is other teams have not played it right in 90% of the races they've ridden. And as a consequence, it's hard to predict for us whether... Oh, shoot. Should Volring do this to prevent other teams to roll attacks in her? If other teams don't roll attacks, if they have the perfect opportunity to do it in the first place. So I think at some points, attacking might be the off offense, might be the best defense, but not in the way she did on the Shirav at Flesh. At Flesh, she, she started hammering a tempo on the court, the Shirav, the second last climb, and basically made a group form where other teams had multiple riders. I think Shirav is a shorter climb than the majority of climbs that fall on LBL. And when it comes to LBL, we always see an early move. We always see an early move that comes early where, well, that's usually what an early move is. They come early. Like the Dignan move. The way she won wasn't a move that went early. It was a lot of riders. And the other teams had put a rider in there. And as a consequence, their leaders were kind of caught behind. And that's the danger for Volering, I think. If a group goes up the road, 
with a Trek rider, with a whatever rider, and they put Bredewald in it, for example. That's how they can lose the race. How they lost through Bay. Right? Yeah. And it's how, it's how the Dutch women have lost in major championships when it seemed like they couldn't lose. And it, it's the best way to beat SD Works is to, yeah, they might only have five riders on the start list, like in Flesh Will Learn, is to make one of their riders chase a, a really strong move. Royce did a fantastic job after the second murder we on the weekend. You know, was that group ahead fully committed? Because Volering, but Volering had to close it herself. She is in so much better shape than everybody else here, frankly. Like to close that move, to push the whole of Sharave, and then to basically do a full lead out on murder we and win with a gap. She's better than everybody else at the moment. If I was Volering, my game plan would be with limited domestiques, not wanting to get into a tricky final. I would launch full gas, not like on Sharav. I would actually attack on Cote de la Redoute, go solo. Yeah. Because if she gets a gap of five seconds, no one's... The chase will Group be terrible syndrome. behind. Pardon? <laughs> Group two syndrome instantly. Yeah, it will be... Everyone will immediately give up. Immediately, they will stop chasing and they will start thinking of seconds. So, attacking each other. So... I would not wait for Rocha Faucon because yep. then you're all thinking, okay, maybe people start to play, uh, you know, on Cornemont and Cote Forge beforehand. I'll just go full gas on Redoute, like a pe like she went early in Strata, and that's yep. quick maths, 34 k's from the finish, not too long, and just solo, and and because she's the best, it's pretty simple to me. Yeah, but. When I compare the women's parkour to the men's parkour, Kotlaradut is like 1.8 kilometers, which I don't know where they're turning off at this point. Because <laughs> in the men's parkour last year, it was 2 kilometers. This year, it's 1.6 kilometers. Here, it's 1.8 kilometers. So <laughs> I have no clue what this climb will look like in person when they, when they go over it and where it will end for these riders. But it should be long and hard enough for Volring to really make a difference here and to put people in trouble. And... Are there people that can follow Demi Volring if that move happens? Maybe there's one or two riders that can do that. But if they're in that situation, they're going to be happy with a top three. Yeah, like Lippert probably is the best chance, I would say. Lippert or Nuvia Doma to follow that move. But it is a longer climb than Shirav. So, so I would pick Lippert and Nuvia Doma. Will they work with Volring if they create a group of three? Yeah. You reckon they will? Oh, they always do. Yeah. If they work with Volering and then they go to Rocha Faucon, then, you know, Volering probably, probably drops them there. So she looks really, really good. But that being said, ST Works have looked very, very good before other races and have lost other races. So Yeah, but with six riders, max, because they don't send six riders to every single race, six riders max, I do feel like there's a lot of space here Brother teams oh, yeah. to really beat the crap out of SD Works before we get to Laredoot. Because it's also not the strongest team, their Hill Classics team. Like, compared to the Cobble team that SD Works has, their Hill Classics team is about 60% of that. Reuser's great, Bredewall's pretty good, and Fisher Black is pretty good, but those are not the riders that will be there in the last eight riders that are left. And if you come to eight riders, there might still be a longer Borghini, Shirin van Androoy and a guy Realini with three riders in there for Trek, and they will roll the fuck out of you on paper. 
because they did not flash, but they should roll the fuck out of you if you're alone with Volring there. I really think Van Vleuten and Longaborghini got to go early. Their shape just doesn't look good enough at the moment to have any realistic chance of following a Volring or a Lippert move on Rochefoucauld, so that if I was them, I would move on either Rosier or Col du Marquisard, which are both miles from the finish. They're like shallower, so 45 Ks, 6%, 3 Ks, 5%, and then there's like a long downhill afterwards. Yeah. So use I would them. move there. Use them to ruin the domestiques of his D-Works. Yeah. And maybe Volering even has to close herself, or maybe you just, yeah, you just, because if you wait, I think for a dude, because we just said what I think Volering should do, then you're probably just going to be behind. So those two, because they got big engines, but their punch on the steepest stuff just doesn't look as good at the moment. So that's, and that puts Lippert and really in your seat. And listen, they did that on second murder we on Wednesday yesterday. So it's not completely out of character for them to to do that. They're probably thinking of doing that. Uh, Persico will be hoping for a top three from a reduced group. Jeez. Yeah. Toast. Um, but to be honest, it, I mean, I'd love, like, I think Kiesenhofer might be here for Israel Premier Tech. Uh, Roland, she did flesh. Um, she's not done too many races this year, but, like, who knows? Maybe a Kiesenhofer... Like, what she did at Olympics isn't a fluke. She actually has watts. I would love to see Kiesenhofer get in the early break um, because something weird could happen in this race. Like, I really feel this could be one of those weird races where, of course, Vollering is the huge heavy favorite, but we just said, like, SD Works don't have the deepest team to control on this parkour. And surely the other team's are sick of helping them. I'm looking at you, Movistar. Stop helping them. Stop pulling for them. Um, even if you miss the move, don't help them. So, don't miss the move. If, You've got one yeah, job. Well, get in the yeah, move. but even if you miss the move, oh, we're not represented. We shout, no, don't help the following. Make her close it. She will close it herself. Yeah. Um, she has to. She have to move on a climb when she doesn't want to. I'm hoping there is the kerosene, uh, whatever, flammable liquid for that sort of weird keys and offer result. And if she's on the start list, which I think she is, yep. I'd like to get an early move. Anyway, time for our predictions, Benji. I've said all that. I think I have to, I'm going to go with a crazy top three again because, I mean, because I just feel like it. Because yep. <laughs> I feel like being difficult. Um, third. Ooh, third Lippert. She's very strong at the moment. Second, Volering. First, Anna Kiesnoffer. Okay. I'm going to go for also a pretty random top three. I'm going to go for three Georgie. You reckon she can get out of this Think climbs? about that. Think about that. I'm about How it. does she get into that situation? She has early to go break? really early in a group, right? Why don't DSM get in the break? Yeah, they need to. A break or a group that forms later that anticipates. Yeah. That's the only way that Georgie will podium, but they have to because I've predicted it. So okay. they have to make it work. Team DSM, get in the early break. Yeah. Labou's going to be the rider that stays in the group yeah. for later, later work. That, 
That seems like the logical thing on their end. Now, it's extremely unrealistic for Georgie to get third, but she was eighth at Amstel, which was pretty impressive. So yeah. I don't see it as that impossible. The second place, I will put... I'm, I'm doing something really unrealistic, aren't I? Grace Brown, second. Also from the early move. Good in Amstel. Yeah. And first, I'm going to say... Uh, Shirin van Androoy, also from an early move. Oh, I fuck it. Roy. She got to go early too, yeah. Early group wins. I don't give a fuck about the rest. <laughs> it's really Lan impossible. Roy is a good but... pick. Yeah, she's really good. She I don't see it happening, him. but I'm going no, to go with course, it anyway. We're trying to be contrarian because it's too straightforward to say Poggy wins and Volering wins. We're hoping for I don't a think Volering more... will win, by the way. You don't think... I do think I f- Poggy is more likely to win than her because I think yeah. she is better than the competition, more so than Poggy is in terms of the gap yeah. right now. But the size of the teams makes a big difference if the other teams... Yeah work as a unit it really is like five this is not a lot to work with even six so and that's why we see olympics they had four riders it really is tough to control a race for a top favorite if the other teams collaborate if you have so few riders um anyway hoping for that exciting race you want to watch it gcn plus is the best place to do so at 15 percent off for lrcp listeners we'll have the recap for you on sunday might do a little tour of the Alps recap, Benji. I've been following it closely um, for yep. the Ineos Grenadiers fans, of which many of you are. Um, no promises, but maybe if we're feeling it. There's been some big watts there, so we might have to catch up on that with a lot of the Giro riders preparing there if they're not at altitude. But that's all from us.